Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. guys welcome to the happy single moms podcast i'm your host Khalifa. today we have a lovely lady called natalie marie she is a lone parent she's a single parent of two and her page is about uh, money management she's a money coach um i firstly came across her page because we follow each other was when um, i think you were walking one day and you were talking about how you came out of debt you were in debt and you were just mm-hmm. giving people advice and um the reason why I enjoy your page is because you're really realistic um, and you actually set the tone of you need to be able to budget and it's more of a mindset thing than anything else. So most of the time when you see like money coaches or oh, this is how I did it, they kind of give you um, money management and rosy colored spectacles because they're at the other side, but they don't tell you the nitty gritty of how you actually have to discipline yourself to get there. So that's what I really wanted you to come on. And I just love the fact that you're so realistic in regards to your advice. So please tell the audience a bit about yourself and your single mommy journey. Gosh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a bit about myself. Yeah, you already know I'm Natalie Marie. I'm a single mum of two. I'm a money coach as well as a speaker. Um, and gosh, how I came. I became, you know, my single parent journey was in the beginning, it was very on and off. Like I was on with their dad, off with their dad, on with their dad, off with their dad. But however, even when it was on or off, I was still doing things on my own. Like, still paying for everything, Um, you know, any functions I had with the kids, I still kind of did it on my own. He was always working. Um, So, yeah, so I think I eventually said enough is enough. Four months after my son was born, so that's 11 years ago now. Um, And I said, yeah, I'm not not doing this with you anymore. Um, But that hasn't been easy either because, still dealing with abuse from their dad, um, financial abuse, uh, physical and mental abuse, emotional abuse. So <clears throat> having to, I guess, navigate that as well as still be there for yourself and hold space for your children as well has not been easy. But the last few years, like I've just been healing. Yeah. And so I've been creating like really healthy boundaries um, and so actually last year has been really amazing for me, <laughs> um, just in terms of money, how I value myself and actually how I value myself has gone hand in hand with money. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much your, your healing. How does, how does that look like? How, how, how did you learn to heal yourself? Cause that's something I've, I'm really curious about when I ask single mums. Like, did you have yeah. therapy or how, yeah, what does, what does your healing look like to you? So first I started with therapy and um, I did that for about a year. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was like, I can, from here, I can take it from here. I can heal myself. Mm. And it's messy. 
it's not like everyone thinks like it's this um I don't know coming to the light moment right and everything's just great but it's really messy and it's dark um and but it's because you have to unlearn some healthy habits like from childhood I've been conditioned to neglect stuff um so you start seeing that in patterns in all of your relationships, work relationships, your friendships with your girlfriends, your intimate relationships. Um, you start seeing that, how, how you've neglected yourself. And these last two years has been one where I've ascended spiritually, but the other side has been sad because I've had to shed people, I've had to let go of friends who I thought were my friends, but never were. They weren't happy for me when I was progressing. They were jealous of me, um, tried to call me out money. You know, those are the things like I didn't, I didn't see, yeah. But it's when I started aligning myself with myself that you start trusting yourself, you start listening to your intuition. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not been pretty, but... It's, I don't know, it's like bittersweet. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, you, you, you're having these things, your, your blessings, all your manifestations are coming through now because you're healing, because you're able to let go of baggage. Yeah. But then that baggage you're letting go has been friendships and relationships that you valued. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, you're right. In regards to shedding people is the hardest thing ever, especially people that you thought were your friends. But yeah, I think like if we even look at like, the animal kingdom like a snake mm -hmm. kind of sheds its skin um, i was reading somewhere that eagles um actually pluck out their old feathers mm -hmm. and for the new ones to grow um if you look at the seasons things have to die and then grow again but when you look at human beings we're still friends with <laughs> people that we knew from school you know so yeah. if you look around you and things are changing we as human beings were conditioned to hate change even now that's why this pandemic was so like life altering for people and in actual fact change is inevitable and change is good you know we need change the higher you move in your career you will meet a different caliber of people and they will help you that will have you can't have the same glasses for 15 years because then there's something wrong there's something wrong. So I was going to ask you, please tell the audience a bit about your page, um, The Lone Parent, and what inspired you to create the page? Um, the Lone Parent, gosh, The Lone Parent has been simmering for 10 years. <laughs> um, but I only really um, started working on my vision last year. I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to be a coach. I've always wanted to help single moms um, and um, I think last year it just came to a head where I've lost my friend I'd lost I had to shed I, I can't lose me but I had to let go of some people um, my past relationships and friends um, and then I got headhunted um, negotiated a salary that's just under six figures and um I was really just coming into my own actually I was that last year was yeah I was trusting myself and just follow really consciously following my heart and following the voice and 
yeah, I was just like, okay, it's, it's ready. I'm ready now for me to launch The Lone Parent. I was gonna, I, a few years before, I was gonna call it something else. Um, but yeah, and um, I just wanted to show, I felt like I was ready now to, with the experience that I had, and I was ready to help other single mums yeah. who'd been in my past situation. Um, and even now I'm still going through battles with my ex. He's still taking me back and forth to court, um, abusing the legal system. Didn't realize it's a thing called legal, legal abuse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but I just wanted to show single mums how they can manage their money. And some, a lot of the personal finance um, in that space is not really catered to single mums. It's catered to families with two parents living under the same homes. So you've got two incomes coming in or people who are um, single with no independence, with, with, with no dependence. Um, and that's, that's not my story. Mm. And that's not how I was able to get out of debt. That's not how I was able to navigate the personal finance for me, myself, on my journey. Um, and that's that's why this lone parent was um, created. created so yeah. you're, a, you're a big advocate um, for being debt free. Please tell us yeah. about that and why it's so important. Because I know obviously you you were in debt yourself. So yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, I've been in debt twice. The first time I was in debt, I got myself out of it, but I had no kind of personal finance knowledge whatsoever. It was just, I managed to get a good bonus from work and I just paid it off and that was it. But then I got back into debt again and 8% of the debt wasn't mine. It was my exes, but it was in my name. Again, yeah, financial abuse. And it actually caused me to be homeless. That's how much debt I was in. That's, it was ridiculous. I was homeless with two young children. I had a one-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. What? <laughs> yeah. So what, he just, you like getting just stuff in your name, like just like credit cards and what have you? Yeah, yeah, had to, yeah. It was really bad with money. You know what, like when I was working, like, and labor was in government, I was getting like loads of money. <laughs> And it was so cool and I was working and, and I had just had the one child. And so him not paying for anything, like he wouldn't even help towards the, my daughter's nursery fees. But I was like, it's okay, I've, I've got it covered. So it's fine. But I didn't realize, I didn't realize because I've always been in financial abuse. Even from my childhood, I was abused. I had a wicked childhood. So my mom was financially abusing me with clothes. Like um, I'd only have uniform and, and a tracksuit. That was my wardrobe. Like I had nothing else. Then when I started working at 15, she would take half of my income. Wow. She would just take half my money. Um, so for me, it didn't even, you know, it didn't even register that I was being abused financially as well as everything else. So the second time I got into debt, it was kind of like I had these savings. Like I was good. Like if I had to save for something, like I was pregnant, I had my and I was pregnant with my son, I saved for everything. I had money for the pram, cut everything, I had money for everything. And um, he got into a situation where he needed to renovate his shop. Um, and he chose this dodgy builder, the builder ran off with the money. Oh. And so he kind of coerced me in using my savings to give to him to pay for the rebuild in the shop. And 
up to that point, all this time he had been like putting me down. Oh, you don't earn as much money as me. But looking back, I realized that I was on the beginning of my career and I was like passing my, I was working as an accountant and I was passing my exams, you know, full force, you know, doing this while having a child, working full time and still studying. So obviously he was, that, that intimidated him. Um, so yeah, he'd always put me down about how much money he made, but he never contributed anything. Um, and so yeah, he, co he coerced me emotional, emotionally to give him the money. And it was always like, oh, well, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll make sure I'm, I'll pay it back. And he never did. So it was so much debt. And then I got into more debt because um, an incident happened where he was violent towards me in front of the kids. Um, and I had to take an injunction out of him. Out of, um, him. And, but he had kind of, because he's a narcissist, he coerced the child minder. And they were letting him see the kids behind my back at this lady's place. I had to leave my job, Khalifa. Like, like I had to leave my job and it was just spiraling. Everything, everything financially, everything was getting out of control. I had to, I had to leave my job nice. because I had to protect my kids. It was crazy. So I ended up homeless, lost the flat. Um, and yeah, I was in a hostel for three years. What gave you strength? Like from someone that was, you were in your own property, you were independent, you had a job. Yeah. Where did you get your strength from? Um, it was God. Mm. Yeah. I remember I had to, um, it was funny, I found God just before I became homeless. And um, my uncle had this like, it was my cousin's, it was like a Holy Communion party, her first communion, having a barbecue at his house. I left my son Slim. So one of my aunts said, oh, I'll go to a church near your house. You can come pick it up. So I picked it up for her, but me being me at that time, like now I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not going. But at that time I was like, oh, you know, it'd be rude for me to pick it up and not go and sit in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and sat in the church and the pastor was talking about, the sermon was about um, men of the world. And he was describing my kid's dad to a T. Like, mm -hmm. after the service, I went up to him and said, do you know? Like, I told him his name. Do you know him? <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, he was like, no, 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 I don't. And at that moment, it was just like, yeah, like, I found a, had created a relationship with God. And I think a month, a month after that, a month or two after that, I ended it. I said, this can't be. Like, it's either you or me. And I choose yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and my son was only a couple of months old at that point. Um, but yeah, so fast forward now to when I've been made homeless, it was just like enough's enough, I'm tired of pretending. And I had to just really get this faith, like um, I know I'm gonna be okay. But yeah. also I'm very a practical person as well. So I'm not just one that's just sitting there and praying, I'm doing as well. And it just took me to, stop lying just be honest and be come out to people say no what i'm homeless i'm in a lot of debt and i need to clear it like i need to make way um so i went on a course christians against poverty and they helped with like fundamentals like how to budget create sinking funds emergency funds um and yeah that's and i don't know if you heard of um et the hip-hop preacher Never heard of him before. 
Um, he's a motivational speaker. And I remember I bought one of his um, like albums on um, Apple Music. And yeah, that was it. That was like, that just motivated me to like, okay, I can, I can do this. Mm. I'm gonna. And the moment I desired it, and it was like, and that was my only focus, things started coming in to play. That's when I found Christians Against Poverty. That's when I came across Dave Ramsey. That's when I started like seeing um, all these things. Like I read this book called um, The Millionaire Lane or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and actually realizing that actually you don't have to work all your life to, yeah. to, gain, some, to gain money or whatever. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was that desire. But the strength came from God, knowing that God wanted more for me yeah and then just me being I guess facing myself yeah I I hit I hit rock bottom for me and it was just like I can't I can't live like this yeah you're completely right in regards to having faith with um with God and it's so weird that um we feel like we can do it by ourselves and it's not until you kind of hit that rock bottom that yeah you just have to you have to look up and um yeah we we oftentimes look up to our our jobs we look up to to men we look up to our family Mm -hmm. and oftentimes they always let us down you know but I've never been let down by God and I find that sometimes when I place things above him he just moves away and Mm -hmm. it's not for the fact that I personally but I I look up to God and it he gives me hope I think ultimately that's one thing that um, I, I think that every single mother should at least have a relationship with God, whether big or small, because there's a hope in him and there's a hope in, do you know what, the picture that I'm in right now can be repainted. And oftentimes our family members will paint us in a particular light because you might be the black sheep or your partner might paint you and you're never going to get anyone else. But with God, you have another brush you know and you can paint a different picture and he gives you hope and if you look at everyone in the bible nobody at all is perfect and it just shows you broken people that have had hope so and it just hurts me when i hear mom say oh i don't have a relationship with god because i'm just like oh my god you need you need it you absolutely need it so i'm such an advocate for that not like i'm a Bible basher, like read your Bible, read your Bible, but it's just the yeah, it's just the switch of mindset that that I think all mums need. That you just have to have that little bit of hope because yeah, it's just beautiful. Agreed. I, I think as well when you have a relationship with God, you have a relationship with self. Yeah, that's very important because um, God is in you; He's in every one of us. So yeah so let's move on to um your six figures yes yes because yes. <laughs> the thing is whenever i hear people say that they're in, they 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 make six figures in the uk i'm like how the heck because i worked for the ministry of justice for 10 years and it was yeah. i had to, i had to quit i then went on to social services and now um what well, me and my family we own our own care home but mm-hmm. um I find that the there's kind of a glass ceiling in the UK mm-hmm. and it depends on the kind of industry you're in and the civil service for me maybe for someone else was it was hard for you to work your way up 
it was really hard and the um the salary was not great you know i think like the private sector oftentimes is kind of where to go but then if you go into the private sector for me um because uh, i worked in a criminal justice system it was i wouldn't get to see my son <laughs> you know the hours would have been crazy if i worked in the city so yeah how did you do it it's pension my pension my investments mm. um so when i was when i i at 19 19 I started working for a high street bank and they opted me into a pension and to be honest with you I didn't even it didn't even occur to me I'm so like I'm, I'm so looking back now I'm glad I'm glad I was a little bit like that <laughs> so naive I didn't even like question it I was already opted in so every month for my salary I was paying into my pension and I just thought oh whatever right um and then um then I started my accountancy career at age gosh, 24, 23, 24. And um, I remember the financial director saying to me that my pension was one of the most important financial vehicles I'll ever, I'll ever have. And that I'll put more into my pension in my 20s than I will in any other decade because of the responsibilities of life as you get older. So um, he got the company to pay for a financial advisor to come in and talk to me about money. Um, and about how important my pension is and how I should use it moving forward. You know, at 20, 23, 24, I even opted out of the state pension because he was like, by the time you get to your age, it's, there, there isn't going to be one. You kind of look at things now, you think, right, okay. <laughs> he was right all those years ago. Um, and I consistently every month pay in my pension. And I've always worked for companies where they've price matched it. Um, and then you think in the last couple of years, I just really started putting money away in investments as well, um, investing on the stock market. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a very lazy investor. I do index funds um, um, where it, it, it tracks the market, you know? So more times than not, you're gonna outdo the stockbroker because um, it's tracking the market and, um, and I make sure that it's like worldwide. It's not just UK, because if things go wrong in the UK, you're, you're messed up. So I do it in everything, all worldwide. And I do the same for my kids. Um, and also taking out life insurance as well. Mm. That should also go towards your, your net, your net figure. Um, but that's, that is how, that's how I've done it amazing it's amazing so how can single moms create financial freedom then um firstly learning about just the basics you know consistency discipline do you have a budget in place that's like my first thing i will always ask you know are you budgeting because that's so important so a lot of the time it's not even about six figures like it's like it's not even about how much you're making it really isn't it's about how are you taking care of the money that you have right now yeah. uh, and I realized when I was in there I was awful with money like it come into my hand and I have this urge to spend it as soon as it came into my, into my bank account so I'd always say budget budget first um and then do things like create an emergency fund um an emergency fund is a fund where it covers those unexpected bills 
like um, a couple of months ago, my washing machine broke down and I didn't have to take out a credit card to pay for it to get a brand new one. I just went in my emergency fund and was able to pay for it cash because I had the money there. Emergency fund is usually like three to six months worth of expenses, whatever someone feels comfortable with, that they know if something happened, like they lost their job, God forbid, that they'd have three to six months worth of expenses. So that's like, you know, you've got six months to help you find a job, basically, because you've got those expenses to cover all your bills. So that's the first thing I would say is budgeting, have an emergency fund, um, and look at the way you spend your money as well. Like, are you an emotional spender? Mm. You know, and this is where healing needs to come in as well. Like, you need to work on yourself. Um, so look at the ways you spend money. Um, and if you've got any debt, clear, clear the debt as well. Yeah. Um, but I believe as well, you can clear debt as well as invest at the same time. It just depends on how expensive is your debt. If you've got those ridiculous high interest credit cards, well, I'd advise you to kill that first, kill those high expense credit cards. And if your other debts like really low interest, then create a payment plan and you can still invest for your future at the same time. So in regards to the fact that a lot of mums um, that I speak to, the, the pandemic yeah. has really affected them. A lot of people have lost <laughs> their jobs. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like people have, have, they no longer have security, single mums as well, they've lost their jobs. Um, mm -hmm. Then they have to now go on benefits. How then mm -hmm. do you um, try and have this vision of being financially free and paying off your debt if you no longer have that other income? Yeah, that's, this is the thing. Um, you know, for me, I've always been someone who is unconventional. So I've always thought outside the box and gone against the grain. And I think people need to stop looking towards employers and start becoming an employer. Like, mm. what, like what do you, like, everyone has something that someone needs, everyone, yeah? Um, so what can you do? know um there's match betting which i did um there is market research there's surveying i've got a friend she does market research they give us stuff like you know like um the peloton cycle yeah that cycle thing. she got it she did a market research thing on it like a survey into the experience then she put it on ebay and sold it for like over a thousand pounds like there's ways you can make there's ways, and she's not working <laughs> she's doing her she's that's how she's navigating this pandemic. Um, um, there's, yeah, the, and yeah, so there's market researching, there's match betting, you know, there's stuff like creating books, downloadable content, you know, like downloadable, yeah, like PDFs and stuff. Um, but there are ways to make money there's at like Amazon Flex. If you have a car, you can do Amazon Flex. I know there was a point during the pandemic that they weren't no longer hiring because um, I was going to do it as a, as a side hustle. Amazon Flex is where if you have a car, you can do the deliveries oh, yourself. Okay, okay, yeah. 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 Um, so now, so now they're hiring. Um, but yeah, there are things, there's always a way to make money. You've just got to, you just have to look at things differently 
that's 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 another thing as well like even though I was drowning out of debt I always believed I was that that wasn't the end for me yeah. that this wasn't going, was going to be my life and so one of the things I would say is take yourself out of the situation like physically don't be sitting at home all day like just drowning in your stuff go out in nature it always gives you a different perspective um meditation is so great starting your day with gratitude write three things you are grateful for because what you're doing is if you're coming with this mindset like um I've lost my job I'm in debt I'm on benefits and that whole benefit system is a mess anyway because the way they make you feel those coaches for being in a situation is already not uplifting someone um if you're in those things that like you need to kind of visualize like I always think about the story of um Abraham when God said to Abraham you're going to be a father of many father of nations Mm -hmm. but Abraham couldn't see it because his wife Sarah was barren yeah but what did God do like God physically took him out of his situation so took him out of his heart went outside and told him to look at the stars mm-hmm. and that's what you have to do you have to actually take yourself out of that situation take yourself out of your home go have a walk in nature mm-hmm. go have a walk in the park go have a walk in the woods and start thinking about start start thinking about how you would how you want to see yourself how you want to live and it has to be a desire because then you start the universe will start bringing things to you just it would just start bringing stuff because it's an urge now and you're seeing things differently um and I think that that's what people have to do you have to physically be proactive yeah Yeah. like watch YouTube videos I used to do that all the time I used to watch YouTube videos of like families like traveling the world with their kids that's something that I've always I've always wanted to do like homeschooling I, I home I homeschool my children that's something that I've always wanted to do so but seeing watching those videos 10 years ago I'm 10 years later I'm here now and I'm and I'm living it it's taken some time to get here but I'm here um and so and be mindful of who you're telling your dreams to as well like my family still don't know that I'm doing this they don't know that I run a business called the lone heron okay why because they're not for it if I told them I was headhunting, the last year when I got headhunting, they were celebrating. If I ever told them I've given it up to do this, it'd be, it'd be um, full of negativity. And it's full of negative because they are limited where they are. They're, they're, they're limited in themselves. So you do this full time then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how do you, yeah. um, how'd you get your clientele? Through my DMs, a coach, yeah. Yeah, so right now I'm gonna be launching a course in a couple of weeks, program so that all the links will be in my like my IG, my IG um bio. But um, but yeah, that's what that's that's how oh, I please I, let me know about the course. Um I'll, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be able to promote it to the same yeah. on my platform. That would be lovely. Thank you. But yeah, like and this is this is the thing, like I'm just I'm just walking in my path. I'm being mindful of the people around me. I don't tell everyone my business and the people who are not who, and it's not like they're bad mind. It's just that they're dealing with their own issues. They're dealing with their own self-worth. So if they can't see it in themselves, they're not going to see it in me. 
So they're not the people that I would go to with anything, with any problems. Yeah. I'm just the person that comes to the family events. I'm, I'm laughing, I'm the joker, you know, of the family. And that's how they see me. And that's okay. They don't, they don't need to know about this. That's yeah, even yeah. The, um, the Bible even says that do not cast your pearls before swine. Um, yeah. And that of, and I've even heard Jay-Z, quote unquote, say it, that he, when he was much younger, he told his uncle that I'm going to be the biggest rapper of all time. And the uncle said to him, you're not going to be no rapper. And then he then um, replied back that just because you didn't succeed in your rapping career, I think the uncle was a rapper, just because you didn't yeah. succeed in your rapping career doesn't mean that I won't. Um, succeed in mine and it's so funny how people kind of they they pour out their fears and they pour out their insecurities on you kind of thing so yeah you have to even that film the pursuit of happiness like when um, yeah. he, the dad said when Will Smith said to his son that never let anyone tell you you can't do anything not even me and um, oftentimes we have to be kind of rebellious and when we're younger we have that kind of rebellious streak and we our parents tell us how it's bad but we have it internally for a reason you know and we have to fight back against the grain even if you're a single mom and society says you're always going to be on benefits you can fight against that or you're always going to be broke you can fight against that or you're never going to find love if your partner ex-partner says that you can fight against that and that fighting spirit is in all of us because yeah. i have heard of so many cases of mums whereby maybe there's like a car accident and their kid is stuck in the car and they manage they, there's an inner strength in us women I don't even know where the heck it is and mums will pull a whole freaking door <laughs> you know to get their kid out so we have so much strength in ourselves but we just have to I often say it's like a light there's a light in a room yeah and it's dark we are the ones that have to walk towards that light and switch it on you know, and sometimes it takes yeah. us being in rock bottom or being homeless yeah. or no one supporting us for us to just switch on that light. But it's in us, it's in all of us. Exactly. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you just have to be mindful of your circle because they're the ones that are going to uplift you or bring you down. Yeah. And it's so sad. You just think to yourself that. Or should be one just yeah you just but you never know you we could have been guilty of someone telling us our dreams and we're like really yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So we all have to be accountable of when we're listening to people um yeah like just yeah like even our children if, if our kids are our mom i want to become a dancer i want to become this i want to become that we need to listen to them and validate their dreams because we don't know we're not good so we, we, we need to validate and and edify what what people are saying and say all right fine how can i help yeah what can i do because those are the things that we remember the people that actually assisted us whilst we were getting to where we wanted to get to um i i read recently quentin tarantino he's um a director he's like this crazy guy and he, yeah i love him yeah, yeah. he said <laughs> um in a recent interview which was so sad actually he said that he doesn't give his mom, and he's a millionaire, you know, he said he doesn't give his mom any money. And the interviewer asked him why, you could check this out after um, the, the interview, the interviewer asked him why, he said that because when I told my mom I was going to become a director and a filmmaker, she laughed at me, you know, and he, he's carried that throughout his life. So he, his mom might be in a trailer park right now, you know, but he has not given her any money. Like he has held that unforgiveness for so long. So yeah, it, um, 
yeah, it, it can have some adverse effects on people when they tell us our, their, their dreams and we, we laugh at them or, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, that just sprung to my mind. So um, I was going to ask you, what are, how can we dispel wealth myths and what are they? Gosh, wealth myths <laughs> is like saying all debt is bad when it's not. Mm. Um, you can use that to create wealth. Um, so like credit cards. Um, Using a credit card knowing you can't pay the balance off at the end of the month is bad. But using a credit card to improve your credit scores so you can get a better rate when you're applying for a mortgage is great. But you have to make sure, like, for instance, I use a credit card, but I just use it for petrol and food shop because I know at the end of the month I'm going to pay that whole balance off because I've already, in my budget, I've already got the money I've put aside for um for the petrol and the food shop. Do you know what I mean? Um, so st stuff like that. Um, saying that you need a side hustle um, to create, to increase your income. I'm always, for me, as a single mom, like you said, our time is like gold dust. Um, and I've always been on the thing that I've never had a side hustle as such. I've always just maximized my income, my, my, current, my current income, whatever it is that I'm working on. So I think this whole side hustle culture has gone a bit crazy and it's not for everyone. So I always get mums in my DMs like, I haven't got the time or how can I create a side hustle? Create a side hustle takes time. It's not an overnight success. Yeah. Um, it can take a couple of years before you start seeing any money coming through. Um, and so I'm always like, if you're working, um, then you should be looking at how you can increase your current income. That's what you should be ma maximizing first. Um, can I ask a question? So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's studies say that women are less likely to actually ask for um, a pay increase. So I know you're saying that um, maximize your what your what your income. How then? How then do you do that if women are even if we are even it studies studies even say that women are less likely to apply for jobs that they don't feel like they hit the criteria in comparison to men. Men might not even have the qualification, but they will still go ahead. I don't know why that is. So how do you maximize your your income if you're fearful? Yeah, I think first of all, you need to stop looking at those studies. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but do you know that's the thing? Like, uh, before my son was born, I was heavily into those magazines, like Vogue, Closer, those kind of magazines. I was heavily into it. And something just said to me, as young as I was, something just said to me, this isn't doing you any good. This isn't doing anything. Because they have this spin of the way they write about women, ourselves. You need to stop um aligning yourself with these st statistics mm. i'm like just me i'm black i'm a single mother with two already i'm a statistic already yeah i should i shouldn't really have a six-figure net worth based on a statistic so i think firstly as women you need to stop listening just stop listening to it what's in here saying mm. what are you listening to in here uh, I don't know if you saw my, my post about what I said, six easy tips on how to increase your income. No. Current income. 
Um, so I, I did it recently um, on my page. Uh, I talked about having a plan. A plan is so important because you know exactly where you're going. The second step I said about skill set. You do. I've never applied for a job where I've been fully qualified. I've never. I've never done that. What is the point? Because you're going to go in there and be bored. You have to like think of coming with it practically, with just common sense. If you're applying for a job and you're fully qualified, aren't you going to be bored? Yeah. And then you're going to be looking for another um, job. The employer doesn't want that. See, there always needs to be room where they need to be able to teach you because the employer's looking for long term. The employer doesn't want to be six months down the line having to find another person to fill the job that you was overly qualified for. Or in the first place. So that's the thing. So for me, it's like have 50 to 70% of the skill set. Because really, most employers nowadays, they're looking at um, personality. How do you fit the team? Yeah. Yes. Um, the next bit I put was about being an asset. I'm not talking about working 12 hours. I've never worked 12 hours for a job. I refuse to do it. Um, I come in, I will come in at nine and I'm leaving at five. As soon as five, I'm gone. I'm the first one. I see you guys later, I'm at. Unless it's like after work drinks, I am not, I'm not doing it. But you, and you see, <laughs> employees, oh, I don't know, but like in my last, in all of my jobs I've had, I've been a bit the cheeky one, you know, Friday, it's lunchtime, so we just all go for a few drinks. And we spend the whole time at the park. I'm that person. The way I'm at asset is because I'm approachable. My laugh is contagious. I have a warm, I've warm character, I have, a, I have a warm aura about myself. People want to naturally open up to me. That's how I've become an asset within the companies that I've worked for. That, those kind of qualities are hard to replace. My employer tells me all the time, my last one, he still can't replace me. He's got someone to fill my role, but to replace that kind of person, you can't. I'm unique. Um, being proactive on LinkedIn. So make sure you're updating it, your skill set, um, like getting people to, um, you know, they do that thing where your colleagues can say, yep, they are good in this skill set on LinkedIn. Um, Socialising with the peers within the industry and then building a connection with a recruiter. That's one thing that I did as well. I had a recruiter. He was in my back pocket. I'd call him anytime. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? How can I negotiate my salary? Oh, they're offering this, but I think I, I, but I'm worth more. How can I go into that meeting? If I'd listened to, if I'd read statistics, I wouldn't have done any of the stuff that I just mentioned to you. Just the moment you start listening to government statistics or statistics from a specialist, you're already, already you're internalizing that and you're limiting yourself. Definitely. How can we say that we're believers of God, but we're then saying, but the statistics are saying this. I can't, and this is the thing, this is why I've got to where I've got to. And it says it in the Bible, just stop listening to the reports just stop listening just do what you need to do mm. anything is possible Any, anything is possible it's funny that you say stop listening to the reports because I remember when I I when I quit my job for the Ministry of Justice I remember I didn't even plan it I was driving into work on a Monday and I as I was driving um I started crying I was crying I was just like I hate my job you know and yes I went in 
anyway, I wiped my face, went in, and I just handed in my notice. And I had really, because obviously I've been there for 10 years, I had really, really close friendships. And a lot of the women I thought were my sisters, you know, they stopped talking to me. They're like, working for the civil service is such a comfortable job. You haven't got a plan. What's wrong with you? And yeah, they just, it really, really hurt me. But I'm so thankful I was brave enough to go with my gut got and just say this isn't I don't want to stay because I I there, there's so many people that work who are like the civil service and they've been in jobs that they hate and you can see it in their character you know and you can hear it in the way they speak like oh in my day or oh this management used to do this or that management used to do that or they changed this system now but they're going to go revert back to and it's like the mundane becomes part of their daily their, their daily life. And I just felt like, no, there's more out there for me. And I was brave enough to, to do it. And it's so funny, um, a couple of years ago, and one of the girls that stopped talking to me, um, she said to me, because we went, we went out together for some coffee, and she said to me, look, do you know what? I think I was secretly jealous, the fact that you left. And um, yeah, I, I took it out on you and I'm sorry. As I said, I was pleased, this, this water was off, off a duck's back. I don't really care anymore. But yeah, a lot of the times people are afraid. And when they see you do something different, you know, uh, it just shakes, it rocks their world. So yeah, just carry on persevering. And yeah. if you need more income, yeah, it's, it's there. You know, I always say that, yeah, if you can do it, if you can earn six figures and you're a black single mom, yeah. why can't someone else? You know, so you've this, got that right this, and wave it. <laughs> yeah, this this is it. And like, like like you said before, you said that we all have this fight in us, this rebellious spirit. And it means you having to go against the grain. It means that I'm having to go against the status quo. Even homeschooling, my family doesn't know that I do it. Just my cousin and my sister. Because I'm very protective of who I let in my circle. Yeah. I'm very protective of who, of who I let speak life into me. It's important. Um, and yeah, that's, it's just, you just, you, you have to, because you're, I have to align myself with like-minded people. Yeah. And that's what keeps me going because when I have a problem, they are who I'm going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have you read the book, um, The Richest Man of, of, of in Babylon? Because um, I saw in one of your posts, you talk about whenever you get money or whenever you get, whenever you get paid from work, you should pay yourself first. And, mm -hmm. and I firstly saw that kind of thing um, in The Richest Man in Babylon. And also um, I really love Dave Ramsey um, mm -hmm. and, and he's a Christian and he is, he's helped so many people. It's just amazing in regards to how to change your financial mindset. So please yeah. tell me about why it's so important to pay yourself first. First, is to, first one of the first things to pay yourself first is because it's about learning to live below your means. You don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. So the first thing about paying yourself first is about, it's supposed to be 10% of your salary. Now you can, if you're just starting to begin like me, I just did 1% then 2%, I just did bit by bit. Um, but the first 10% is supposed to go towards your investments, yeah? Or your emergency fund as well. Um, and it's so that you're not living paycheck to paycheck. 
is yeah. because you're you're important because that rest of ninety percent is going towards bills for kids. Yeah, bills and kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you not um, think that the standards of, because I, I, I think London is so expensive. So do you Very. not think that the standards of living is so, how, how like, I don't even know what we're going to do in this London. I, I really want to move out and I want to mm -hmm. go to like Brentwood or South yeah. because London is driving me up the wall. I've got a car that is diesel and I've been trying to yeah. sell it. I should have done it earlier because it's just, yeah, mm -hmm. because of, they're bringing in the ULEs. So it's, yeah, it's just like something, you know, there's yeah. somehow they're trying to just get money from you. Right? Mm -hmm. So how can you strike that balance of paying yourself first, having so many bills, having mm -hmm. the government trying to worm their way into your, your bank? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, yeah. how do you juggle all those balls? Being homeless helped me with that minimal living. Wow. I downsize. I live in a two-bedroom flat and there's three of us. My front room is my bedroom, front room and office. My kids and my, my kids have their own room. So that's first thing, minimal living. The second thing, we don't own a TV. Everything's real basic for me. Um, we've just recently become vegetarians. My kids they still eat meat once a week, so I still have to buy chicken but that's helped reduce the food shop as well. Also, when I was homeless, it's reducing the food shop. So it was like shopping in places like I'd go Lewisham Market to get my fruit and veg. Um, I'd shop, and I still do that now, shopping Aldi and Lidl. Um, the only thing that's priced is the meat because I'll go to a butcher's and make sure it's free range. So it's a, it's a happy, happy chicken. Um, our clothes all in the sale. Sometimes I still shop in secondhand shops. Um, other than shoes, I'll buy brand new. Always shoes, buy brand new, but always in the cell. Um, what else? And things for cheap, like the cinemas. You go to a cinema and for three of us, just for the tickets, it's costing 50 pounds. We haven't even decided started buying snacks or anything. So it's like, it's like, yeah, so it's like going to independent cinemas, so they're local ones. Um, Peckham, their cinema's five pounds. Five yeah. pounds. And you can bring it Yeah. Then you've got um, the Catford Cinema. Then you've got one in Newcross. So for me, it's like, go in your local, stay within your local places for stuff like that. The only thing I will spend money on is experiences. That's holidays, traveling. Mm. Um, my children's education I will spend I will spend money on um but outside of that everything is very minimal it's like I'll like go on. can I ask a question in regards to the homeschooling because I've got a girlfriend she's got um two two beautiful babies my godchildren and yeah. she decided her and her husband decided that they wanted to homeschool I thought that like they were do lally because yeah. I, I found it so freaking hard. I cannot mm -hmm. do it. You need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And homeschooling was not a strength for me, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So why did you take that decision to want to homeschool if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no problem. Um, because first I always wanted to do it because I like the, I'm someone who's always, going about freedom, not just in money, but just every, just in life general, I love freedom. So homeschooling the freedom of all, it meant that we could be anywhere in the world. 
and be educating. We don't have to stay here and be dictated by term times or when the government says we can go away. And then it's like a dictated by the government and then you're having to pay astronomical prices just to leave the country. It's ridiculous because you're going during half term. So that's one thing. Um, my daughter's never really fit in school. She's, um, yeah. Um, so she was being bullied. Mm. And my son, when he went back last year, he started suffering from anxiety. And I think that's just due to the COVID come back to school and then being in bubbles. So I said, well, let's just, let's just do it. I'm already doing it one. Let me just do it with both. Yeah. Um, and that's it. But I don't like educate. I just facilitate. So they have a budget each term. Uh, they have 400 pounds to spend each and they choose what classes they want. Um, and yeah, and it means I can choose their teachers. Yeah. My son, other than one, they're all male, um, which is very rare in primary schools to get male teachers. And um, my daughter is doing things that she, that she enjoys. And now, you know, she's doing her GCSEs a year early this year at 14. And um, she's getting opportunities because she wants to be a director. She's getting opportunities to direct. And she's focusing on what she wants. She's focusing on her career which you don't get in school. In school, you've got to do your maths, English and science, plus all these other GCs. That's just not, it's just a waste of time. Um, so yeah, it's about freedom. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. So <clears throat> I was going to ask you, where can people find you on social media for your money coaching, advice, your strength, homeschooling <laughs> advice, seven <laughs> figures advice? <laughs> Um, they can find me on um, at the lone parent on Instagram and I'll soon be at the moment um, I'm creating my um, private Facebook group but they'll see that they'll see that on my on my Instagram soon so they'll just find me on the lone parent on Instagram and everything else will be there Oh, brilliant. I want to say thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the Happy Single podcast. Guys, it's actually eight o'clock in the morning. So she's been so lovely and so gracious to wake up so early for us guys. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Thank you.